T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. One o'clock hour, it's Cody and Gold. Alex Gold, Cody Tapp, Nick Schwartz with you. Real quick, a little bit of news in the NFL. You guys might have recalled last year and then also at the trade deadline, there was a move involving Calvin Ridley, wide receiver, formerly with the Falcons. He was suspended all this past season, violating the NFL's gambling policy. The Jags traded for him at the deadline. It was like, yeah, kind of a smart move. Why not? Low risk uh, as far as compensation given up. See what happens. Well, the NFL just moments ago announced he's been fully reinstated. He is eligible to participate in all team activities. So Calvin Ridley will be playing for the Jags next year. And now they'll see if they, they stole uh, essentially Calvin Ridley from the Falcons at this point. Uh, not, not a bad uh, individual to have part of your wide receiver core, assuming he can regain some of the form that he had prior to missing a full year of football. That was a smart move for the Jags at the time. And, and now hopefully in their mind, they'll reap the benefits of, of taking that little bit of risk. Is, Remember, there, is there precedent for guys taking that much time off and then coming back and still being the same dude? A wide receiver. We made this argument with Deshaun Watson when he had taken all that time off. I'm trying to think of a wide receiver. I mean, I think of Des Bryant. He took a, a year off, I think a full year off. And then he came back and immediately tore his ACL and then he never Ooh. played again. So. I mean, Calvin Ridley in particular, he, you know, he was viewed as one, you know, a very talented wide receiver. He was never viewed as one of the top 10 receivers in football. You know, where Des Bryant. But he was, was ascending, right? He was, yeah. he was in yeah, the year three. Like that way. So, like, number-wise, Calvin Ridley, so he's still only 20, 28. Excuse me, I thought he was 26. Oh, he's a little older than I thought. Yeah, I thought he was 26 for some reason. He's 28 years old, uh, but that'll be his age throughout 90% of the season. And he played in five games in 2021. Then he had the issues... Uh, and so only played in five for 21. The year before, he was a 1,300-yard receiver. And nine touchdowns. 90 yes. catches, 1,374. Yeah, so ascending is probably Second right. Second team all pro. And then in 2021, things fell apart for him off the field. Remember, he had some mental health issues he was talking about at first, and then we would later find out that he got busted for betting on, on games while in, in Florida. And so now he's been reinstated and, and can move ahead. But I, I think it's an, a nice piece to have in your wide receiver room. If you're Jacksonville, I'm glad they only suspended him for one year. It would have been ridiculous well, if it was more than a year. Yeah, especially now it's easy because, I mean, you're getting wide receivers so cheap. This is like the the the, the reasons why you like the Kadarius Tony trade. It's like you don't have to pay him anything. Wide receivers are so expensive at this point. Maybe you got an elite level wide receiver or maybe you got a top 25, 30 wide receiver in the NFL for nothing. Again, the compensation ended up being the maximum range. It's a whole range of thing depending on how he performs and how much he plays. The maximum they will give up for him is a 2023 fifth rounder and a 2024 second round pick. That's what they will give up for Calvin Ridley. So, I mean, there is an argument for it. And for them, it's like now all of a sudden, do they have to be as desperate in the draft for a wide receiver around Trevor Lawrence? Or can they focus on some other things? Jags, Jags feel like a dangerous team again next year. I mean, yeah. more so than I viewed, like they, they've replaced the Ravens in the short term conversation, right? that we've had of the teams you have to worry about more or less in the AFC if you're the Chiefs. And because of the suspension, right, that whole year didn't even count towards his, his like free agency deal. They only get him for a year, though, right? Correct. Okay. He's 28. Well, I mean, he can make himself a whole bunch of money. You show up and get 1,000 yards, 
for the Jags. And this year, someone's going to pay you a fortune. Was a good, again, it was a really good move by the Jags. It was worth it. And, and now they'll find out if he can regain some of that 1,300-yard form from a couple seasons ago. Uh, there continues to be news thinking of wide receivers, though, on the Chiefs front. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN uh, had mentioned over the weekend that uh, he's hearing the Chiefs are understanding that they're very likely to lose McCall Hardman in free agency. And that's understandable the when you consider sure. the, yeah, the spot track estimates. 40 years, $40 million. Great for McCall Hartman. Go get that money. But I have zero interest. I mean, serious. Zero that price? interest. In- you have multiple guys on the roster, and and Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore, that to me have a similar skill set. And you're getting them on rookie contracts. I don't need to go out and give a multi-year deal with that kind of money to McCall Hartman. If I'm going to give that kind of money to any wide receiver, it's – Juju Smith-Schuster. I'd like that a as a down payment on the Juju contract. Right, yeah. who, who's a different, who plays a different role in this offense, but we know how effective it is, and I'm more confident giving a multi-year deal to him than I am McCall Harbin. So someone's, I mean, McCall Harbin's clearly going to get paid somewhere. I mean, the way things are trending. And there'll be a team that thinks he can be their number one or really strong number two wide receiver. And good for him. Go get that money, man. Go, you, you were a, a second-round pick. You had some flashes. There's reasons for people to be excited, and maybe a different system yeah. works for him. I, You know, I... I find it hard to believe a little bit. You had Patrick Mahomes and you had Andy Reid. So it's for me, it's like it's hard for me to believe that you're just going to explode somewhere else. But we'll see. The thing with Juju is the 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 reasoning behind, like they're trying to get this thing done before he hits free agency. Makes me think they think if he hits free agency, he's not coming back. Right? Once he sees the allure of other markets and other dollars, that'll just be too much. And yeah, maybe it is just a few million dollars here or there gold. But we've gone over this free agent wide receiver class so many times, and it has not changed. This is why the Jags went for a trade like Ridley. This is why the Chiefs traded for a guy like Tony. There are no wide receivers available in the market. This wide receiver draft class isn't as good as last year's wide receiver draft class. So he's going to have a premium market. And I think they like I think they're thinking the same way we are, which is if he hits if he hits free agency. We are going to have a hard time convincing him to stay here because the money is going to be just a little too good somewhere else. You've had this conversation. Like, there's a certain amount less that you will take to stay in Kansas City. Like, the discount. Sometimes we hyperinflate the discount. Like, Juju Smith-Schuster could get $20 million somewhere else, but it'll take 10 to stay here. Like, right. no. No. Nobody takes that kind of discount. No. So let's just, uh, let's just clear that up right now. But if it's a million dollars or $2 million in incentives, that's the kind of stuff you can start talking about. It's easier to get that discount before anybody else can offer him a deal. Right. Which is, that's why the report's significant. You know, Juju's been out of the country, but that doesn't matter. His agent's still working with the Chiefs on this, and, and we'll see. Uh, he's been in, in, in Tokyo the last week or so, and the only noise we've making heard from every him. yeah he was Eagles he was like man. a guest speaker or not a speaker he was like presented some he was like some anime award show or something i don't know some international anime award show or something he was presenting some award that is the most juju smith schuster yeah, he's, he's really into it yeah that's his thing he's very into the gaming and anime stuff we've done that long before this year but um i i think this bodes well for juju's future the hearing that they're they're accepting now it sounds like more and more that they're gonna lose mccall go go make sure you retain one guy uh, and Juju, to me, is easily the option I would pick. It's not even close. By the way, with McCall, it sounds like there is no number you would accept. Like, if I just took down the years, is there a number you'd take? Let's say it's fully guaranteed. Four for 40, your answer's no. Three for 30, your answer's no. Two for 20? Is that second year guaranteed? No. Then, yeah, I'd be interested Okay, in that. and then one for 10, you're in. Yeah. 10 but million But unfortunately, that's not what's on the table, it sounds like. So. No, why would, why <laughs> would McCall Harmon ever accept that? This might be his only chance to be paid. Look, some of these guys, they are not going to have to be motivated by this ring-chasing thing. Because here's the thing. McCall Hardman could stay in Kansas City for the next four years, win two more rings, and no one's going to talk about his career differently because he's a four-time Super Bowl champ. They're not. He's just going to have those rings. It's not going to – because he's not – he's never performed at the level where someone would even have a dumbass conversation like, is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? That's a stupid conversation, but the only reason they include him in those conversations is because he has a mountain of rings, but also because he was a thousand yard wide receiver at one point. McCardman's never been at that level. It's not going to change his legacy to win three or four titles in Kansas city. This has got to be for him about money, making him the maximum amount of money you can make right now, because whatever it is four for 40, it's going to be like $25 million guaranteed. Maybe that can set you up for life.
maybe be good for life. If you take care of, you mind your business, you handle, you know, you, you invest it properly, whatever you're good. So like McColl was never meant to be here long-term you draft. And I've said this before you draft guys like McColl every year. You can take a guy like McCall Hardman in the second round every year. His name's Sky Moore, as you pointed out. That, that should be a constant uh, do-over every four or five years. We'll get to what's trending in 20 minutes. We'll also get back into the, the big news with Derek Carr getting, uh, looks like, a deal done today with the New Orleans Saints, a four-year, $100 million guaranteed contract, 150, but $100 million, uh, That is guaranteed part of that deal for him. And uh, tomorrow, here about, what, 27 hours or so away is the deadline, if not less than that, I guess at this point, for the franchise tag to be placed on uh, yeah, Orlando. 20, I don't know, is it, four seven? East, is it 4 Eastern or 4 Central? I don't remember. Either way, uh, you guys, late, late, late tomorrow afternoon, okay? Uh, is when the franchise tech Cody's going to look it up. It's four o'clock out. I think it's Eastern. Maybe it's three central, but that'll be uh, what has to happen. Uh, what is tomorrow. it in mountain time? Since we're, you know, yeah, go ahead and uh, give me the two o'clock mountain time, please. <laughs> Just for anybody, you know, you can listen on the Odyssey app. You can. One of the best apps on the market is what? Yeah. It always um, works. Many people it's say it's great. It's never had any problems. It functions. Um, so incredibly good. well. Yeah. It, it, that'd be three central time, three central tomorrow. Okay. So. There you go. Uh, let's talk a little Royals baseball though. Uh, they won again in Cactus League play. Okay, better than the alternative. They're nine and two. Yeah, again, better than the alternative, Cody. You see how the things are leaning in? Uh, uh, yes, we've man. Since we've been doing this show, we've had this conversation before. <laughs> Have we? There was a year, a couple years couple ago, where years they led in everything. It was, oh my gosh, here they go. It's but at least they're better. young now, so it feels different. It feel they're young, and again, it's always winning is always better than them being zero and eleven. Okay? They lead in. Average on base percentage, slugging, OPS, yeah. runs, hits, total bases, mm-hmm. and doubles. Again, great. Great. Perfect. Uh, it has no really feel of me changing anything I expect this year to be, though. Like, if you're asking me best-case scenario ceiling for this team, probably seven, ceiling, not not predicting the number, if that action they're going to win. Ceiling, 74, 75. Floor, worst-case scenario stuff, 61, 62. We know the win total in Vegas is set at 69 and a half. Look, I I want to tell you that their floor their floor is a little worse than that number. Let, let's establish that now, right? Their floor is definitely what sixty four, like you said, sixty five. I said sixty one, sixty two. I don't. Worst I don't case think, scenario stuff. I think it'd have to like completely implode. I mean, I think completely implode to be at that. So, like, I don't think that's their worst case because I don't think that that's how far low they're yeah. capable of going this year. What's the highest you would go ceiling wise? Look, I want to tell you eighty. I want to come on here and say it's 80 that I really do firmly believe that what they're doing in the pitching department can make a difference, but can it make a difference in three months, four months? Like in the case of some pitchers who have left the Royals, not their entire pitching development. Sure. Jason Adam can show up and be a six ERA guy and show up and be a sub two guy. Jacob Junis, who eventually, by the way, reverted back to career averages in ERA and strikeouts and all the things that he was doing so well in San Francisco. Like, but can they fix their entire pitching staff in four months just through coaching? No, probably not. Which means I have to limit the ceiling somewhere. A little bit better than you, probably 76 or 77. But that would take a lot of things going right. And I think, namely, a lot of things going right in the young pitcher department. Heasley and Lynch, just two of the, it doesn't even matter which two. Pick any of the two young starters you find. If you find out that they are quality major league starters, then good. Brady Singer maintains his level of play. And the Royals' young offense is league average. Fine. You can get yourself to 77 wins by doing a lot of things right. But that's the absolute ceiling I think I'd be willing to And they won 65 last year with a team that still had a ton of veterans on it. And we know. And a lot of veterans playing terribly. Right. And and the key is going to be young pitching and then just this core Melendez and Bobby Witt and Vinny Pasquantino. And do, as we've said, you get your answers on those guys to know if then next offseason you can truly build around them. Uh, we, we know in 2021, they won 74 games. So I don't think it's crazy. That's why the win total is set at 69 and a half. I don't think it's crazy to say the ceiling is a 74 win team, which is what they were a couple years ago. And, and the floor could could be, unfortunately, as bad as 61 or 62. And that a lot does have to go wrong. That, that means multiple injuries to guys. And it is, you know, a disastrous uh, type of season. And people really have strong questions. I mean, in 2019, they won 59 games. Um, so I'm not, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not putting it down to that number as far as worst case scenario stuff. Um, but you said, you know, the, the ceiling of, you know, 77 or, or venturing there, like that's, we're talking about the momentum heading into the next year. If that's actually the number they got to, my goodness, we'd be, we'd be having a really fun 2024, 
three to twenty twenty four offseason. Like I was trying to look at their winning percentage during the times that like to me, I understand that everybody hates the conversation with like how good were the Royals after the All Star break? Yeah. Because you, know that, largely, you and I go back and forth on that. Yeah, a lot. and look, I yeah. think most of the time you're actually somewhat accurate in that. I would say that last year is a slightly different scenario because team. two different teams. Yeah, they were not the same team. They finished, they were 20 games under 500 before July. They were 10 games under 500 after, right? They were, they were 10 games better than they were after that stretch. And not really that much because there was a little bit fewer games during that stretch, but they were better. They were decidedly better from a winning percentage perspective. I do think that there is tons of growth available for this team, but it's always the same thing. It's, is it real growth? And it's counting on how many guys had to get better. Because that's the problem. If it's, the the conversation is always easier if you only yeah. need like one or two guys to get better. And really, you need on this team three guys, four guys to show improvement. The good news is if if you believe deep down, Brady, if Brady Singer can be what he was last year, now you don't need him to get much better than what he was. He, I mean, if he does that across the season, he's someone that we'll be talking about uh, if they don't get done before the season. Like everybody will be on board for an extension. He can get big yeah. time money at that point. Uh, Not so, just from the Royals. He can get it from anybody if you want you know, you're, 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 yeah. to. Is there still something there from a Daniel Lynch? Is there that? That's a guy like if you're talking about who has to improve on this team. Uh, yeah, but I need uh, Brady Singer to not regress, which happened with Brad Keller sure. a couple of years ago. No doubt. Know? Well, yeah, just a, just a year or so ago, you thought that was a guy you could count on. We know that's not that's not the case. Now the sounds like they've completely reworked things for for Brad Keller after maybe complicating and confusing things a year ago with the old regime. Well, and that's the problem. Like I really do hope that because this is it. A lot of this conversation gold we're probably having is based in the do you think what the Royals are doing from a pitching department is actually going to make a difference? Were they really in his head? And I don't know. Everybody I've heard talk about it, it's like the clubhouse atmosphere was weird. Uh, it wasn't as good as it felt like it should have been. Um, they were teaching pitching semi-backward, right, from where they should be. Like those things can make a tangible difference. It's just do I think it's all coming in one year are they going to be 10 games better in one year? Is the talent they're going to put on the field that much better in one year? And I think that that's really the problems where you, where like we start talking ceiling, where I want to come on here and be like, it's easy. This is the best time ever to be an optimist. So the spring training stats and be like, oh man. I know. It's just, and I, Vinny and the skepticism and Bobby is warranted. And MJ Melendez and Isbell could, you know, like whatever. You the skepticism is warranted though, because we, I mean, I, not no, to I like a bro- broken record, but. How many, you know, it's a different group. You're right. And, and, but how many and, times have we done this to ourselves? Y- yeah. Look, I'm talking like, myself into my like goodness. when they were a young team and I thought Kila Kaya Ui was getting ready to take over. So there is nothing wrong with the, you got to show it to me. It's, you know, you got to, you got to prove it to me before uh, you, you, you start talking about some of these higher win totals. Does it mean anything different to you that it's a regime change or is it not enough of a regime change to like alter that? Well, because I, that's I, where I, hope springs I, eternal, right? There's, sure. there's a change that's, in, how they're operating than how they've been operating for the last 20 years. Now, the way they operated the last time in the last 20 years actually won them a super or a world series. So, you know, it just was yeah, real they, bad. They, at get the a, end. they get a fresh look, but it's still to me, you still have to go out and prove it. <laughs> and as a franchise history, it's like, there's a you lot still of have to go out and, and, and prove it to me. Do I, do I, everything that it looks like they're approaching differently. Does it all sound great? And everything we hear about spring training, the atmosphere there, does it all sound great? Yes. But, that none of us are going to care about that's going to be quickly forgotten if we're sitting here and it's June and they're in a very similar spot. And so it'll be a rinse. Will and they be out of the race by Memorial day again? <sighs> I hate to use it. Probably history says probably. <laughs> Come yes. on, man. That's such a downer answer. Again, you want me to like, you know, just put smoke out there. Up and, and, we're going to say and, blow smoke up your ass. Yeah, is that what you're yeah, going to say? I was trying to think of the analogy and I couldn't get to it. So I just went ahead and just avoided it partially. Thank you. I appreciate that. No, that's the, fine. The, the, the help there, but no, Honestly, where like, does that phrase come from? Doesn't uh, anybody familiar uh, with the etymology of that phrase? Nick, you're a smart guy. No, no, I don't know the etymology. I don't even know what phrase you're referring to. This claims <laughs> the expression, the phrase, to the blow once, smoke up the your once, ass. I mean, that's a blow. Yep. Yeah, uh, refers to the once popular medical practice now fallen into disuse and almost forgotten of the tobacco smoke enema. In which tobacco smoke was literally listening. Tobacco smoke was literally blown <laughs> now up. Now you're back in. Aren't it was you? literally blown you're up back a person's in this conversation now. Ass. Yeah, it was employed for a large variety of ailments, including after death, to try to stimulate the person back to life. So there you oh go. Oh my that's, god! That's the origin. You asked. Just no way. There's I thought answer. that that's where that was going to go. Here's your answer. 
Nick started paying attention. We were talking baseball. He was kind of zoning out. Once we mentioned enemas, he was back in. Does this bring back into the conversation of enema boy? Do you need oh, somebody boy. to do oh. this job for you? Someone says you guys have asked Nick about his ass enough today. Fair enough. Leave my ass out of it, okay? <laughs> What's the most you've ever talked about your own personal ass on the radio? Is today the record? You didn't have to say personal before. <laughs> like I have a personal ass. I have a public ass. It's all the same. Well, I could have just like any ass. I meant your ass, you know? Is this the most? I think so. What's the most other people have talked about my ass? Fair enough. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, at least we figured out that. No, you don't have to. Look, you don't have to be like falsely optimistic. I think a lot more people are probably where you are. It's easy, right? The Royals have been bad for a long time again. We, we feel like we're back into this cycle. It's harder to remember the good times because I'm watching. Again, part of this is I'm watching the team who shares your parking lot. Yeah. Be endlessly successful, like with ease. They make it look so easy to be good. And they, for the longest time, were not exactly a picture of franchise health. We spent a lot of time in our life in the 80s and 90s and all that stuff watching both these franchises not do anything. Like in the 80s, obviously, we'll start, like, I guess, after the World Series. We watched a lot of the Royal struggle after the strike, all that stuff, and it really came together. The 90s, the Chiefs were, like, pretty good but still had all their problems and couldn't like accomplish the big goals that you wanted them to felt like we were just back in this cycle. I'm trying not to get back into that with the Royals, but it counts on me assuming a half a dozen players under the age of 27 are getting ready to all figure it out at the big league level together at the same time, or at least maintaining the level we saw last year in a case of like a couple of guys like Vinny and MJ Melendez. It just feels like it's asking a lot. feels like it's asking a lot for all those guys to come together. Someone's not going to have a good, like I need, well, what, sure. 65% of them to come together. And it just feels like such a high ratio to ask for. There is one thing, by the way, I want the Royals to pay attention to. We talked a lot about what they're doing from the pitching development. There's very clearly something happening in baseball that every team should be teaching their team right now. And I don't think you would have realized it until you got into the pitch clock era. There is a massive advantage in being, uh, essentially throwing off the pitcher by being competitive to the point of annoyance. Max Scherzer struck someone out in 23 seconds. There's one quicker than that last weekend. Yeah. And so he's just standing there on the mound, ready to pitch. Guy stepped in, he throws. Guy steps in, he throws. There's a competitive advantage that if you just have the confidence that you can throw a pitch, stand up there and do it immediately and throw them off. There's like there's a huge advantage in like the timing of all of it. There's no way to give this to Johnny Cueto. Do this across the board. Teach your pitchers the advantage of throwing them off. There was another instance similar to that, but it was the opposite. The catcher, because we know the, the batter's supposed to get right back in the box, right? By you know, Otherwise, you can get a strike called against you, right? That happened. But where the catcher, the reason why in one instance the, the batter got penalized, the catcher was still standing up, which nobody pitches a baseball when the catcher's standing up, but the hitter got penalized. So there's some strike because yeah. the catcher didn't get catcher down Catcher doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to be crouching. He doesn't, but that's just always how it's got. So there's some strategy there. It'll be interesting to see if teams like just try to throw the rhythm off of a team and get them thinking more. There'll be, there it's will like be Quato and rocking, except for you don't have to change your, the way you pitch yes. from this perspective. And look, pitch is going to make this even faster. If you adopt that, Zach Grinke has been in baseball for 20 damn years. Even he's adopting pitch Although, did you see? He was this. There's a great video of this. He's using Pitchcom, and he doesn't have all the buttons figured out yet because he's got Pitchcom in the back of his glove. So he's actually calling his own pitches, which is not how all the pitchers are doing. He's calling his own pitches. He's getting the buttons wrong. So he's shaking himself off. <laughs> he's standing on the mound, and he's like, and then it's like saying what it is. He's like, no, that ain't it. So he's like, like, you can't shake yourself off. You just have to throw the pitch. You got to rewire that the buttons there. Make sure everybody's on the same page. <laughs> But shaking yourself off is objectively funny. Yeah, this is what Granky, by the way, said about calling his own pitches with Pitchcom. Yeah, it'll be really tough to uh, to not do that with the time limit. It just uh, throw a lot of pitches and just will be thrown, won't be able to throw the pitch I want a lot of times if uh, if I can't can't be, can't use that. So really hope it is allowed. It's that Granky. He's doing it in spring training, even though he had to shake himself off for calling the wrong pitch. You don't throw the catcher off, you know? I think that there's a competitive advantage in it, and the smart yeah, franchises work on stuff. are going to take – like It'll this take is some like, time to adjust. I know, but this is one small advantage you can give all these young pitchers, Gold. 
if you just teach it right now. All right, guys, we're doing an afternoon meeting right my now. Here's is, the ways that you uh, can take advantage my, of the pitch comp. Here's the my, way that you can take advantage uh, of the pitch clock. I may be completely off here, but my guess is with the issues and how important they're developing is I doubt that is the first. I doubt they're worried about little gamesmanship as much as they are just throwing strikes on a consistent basis and things like that. Well, they're doing that. That's that's the whole model I told you yes, about the race. The t-shirts, too. Yeah. Throw, <laughs> they are just putting the glove in the middle and you throw it there. You heard JJ last week. Average miss is six inches. So if you throw it right towards the middle, miss that by six inches, it will be on the corner all of a sudden. Maybe try that instead of making it difficult on yourself. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, back here on Cody and Gold, breaking news in the NFL. Multiple reports now, including from Jeremy Fowler at ESPN and also confirmed by Nate Taylor over at The Athletic. The Chiefs will not be franchise tagging left tackle Orlando Brown Jr. He will become a free agent March 13th unless they come up with a long-term deal by tomorrow's deadline, which there's no expectation that that is, is going to happen. Because Fringe waits to open. They actually have until next Monday to work out a long-term deal before yeah, like other guess, teams can so. offer him a contract. Yeah. So they have a week to work out a long-term deal versus the like the franchise tag, tag deadline. But yeah. And if this, okay, so first, confusing. Uh, very surprised to see that that would be the case for Orlando Brown Jr. This, how is this supposed to make me think there's any way they're getting a deal done with him? They're just not going to franchise tag him. They're that confident they're getting a right. long-term deal done. Or is Orlando Brown Jr. getting ready to be a street-free agent? Which means... And which the only return the Chiefs would get is a comp pick, maximum comp pick you can get as a third-rounder. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty stunning, right? I mean, we, we, we went back and forth talking whether or not he would get a long-term deal in Kansas City. Well, now the only option to keeping him in Kansas City is a long-term deal. The franchise tag is out the window now, according to these reports. So your only option is if you came to a long-term deal. And we know they were far off last year. Orlando Brown Jr. had a great Super Bowl. No reason to believe that his number was going to go down. The, the Chiefs were likely all understanding they probably weren't going to, to get to that number, Cody. And the, one of the reports from Adam Schefter uh, mentions that the Chiefs felt the franchise tag number, which was going to be $20 million, was going to be too high. That number would have counted against the cap immediately and maybe would have hand, uh, you know, uh, put, put them in a spot, I guess, and, and created it where financially, Juju, Chris Jones, whoever else they were trying to get taken care of this offseason, they wouldn't have been able, it would have hampered them in their ability uh, to do that. That means if well, why you look not? at the situation, left tackle, free agent, Orlando Brown Jr., if this doesn't happen. Right tackle, Andrew Wiley, already going to be a free agent. That means your left tackle and your right tackle, Cody, potentially aren't back next year unless this means it opens the door that they can get something done with Andrew Wiley. There, there's a lot of trickle-down effect. I think, to me, it tells me that 
I think it's more likely now, even today, that Juju Smith-Schuster is back because, to me, there's money that they're going to be freeing up potentially here. It makes it more likely if they're not going to do that. I, My initial thought was, if you're doing this, if you're not planning on having him here, why wouldn't you just tag and trade him? But then I went back to the original deal for Orlando Brown Jr., and it's probably a good reminder to go back to this. There weren't that many teams in the NFL who thought of Orlando Brown Jr. as a left tackle. That's why a team like the Ravens was willing to trade to one of their biggest competitions in the Chiefs, their left tackle or their right tackle at the time. So there weren't that many. So the Chiefs are already probably working with a thin number of teams who think of Orlando Brown Jr. as definitively a left tackle and are going to have to be willing to give him $100 million and give you better than a third-round pick. I know, but man... if, if they don't get a long-term deal done by next Monday, which I guess is the new deadline since the tag deadline's tomorrow, then is that not a mistake? They're choosing $22 like, million. Is that, is that a in, mistake to, if you're only going to get a comp pick and you're only going to get a third-round pick for them? They, so th- this is essentially, you put the two things on the paper. It is, you can either have, because the tag and trade, you're still going to owe him some money. So your option is, because even if you tag him and trade him, you're going to be responsible for a certain amount. But they're taking $20 million in immediate cap space, and a third round pick, or let's say eighteen, or you know twenty, you know close to that, eighteen million in immediate in cap space a few months from now, and a second. And I think that they're just saying, why risk it? Why try to shop this guy? Why try to deal with this? And maybe look, I'm I'm assuming they have made some calls to some other general course, managers about what it is their market could be. And I'm going to, and it's and it's hard because we've been in this conversation a lot. There have been moves where I'm like. Are you sure, Brett? Is this a good idea? Oh, I don't know. Like last offseason when they were trading Tyreek Hill, one of the number one wide receivers in the entire NFL. And I'm like, I don't know that this is a good idea. I have a lot of questions. Are you sure about this? It's hard yeah, not look, to trust I, Brett Veach in these situations. Yeah, and I have, I have faith that, 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 that based on what he has done, as you highlighted in the past, that they're, they're going to come out of this and, and be in a good spot. We just don't know what this is like last year. We didn't know what the, the, the overall plan was. They did, right? They, they know what their plan is for this offseason. We don't. And so when you just see bits and pieces of it, sometimes it doesn't make sense until you see the, end, the finished product. And so it's going to be really interesting because if by Monday, if they don't get a long-term deal done with Orlando Brown Jr., then, okay, you're right that they open up essentially $20 million, no doubt, and they have plenty of draft picks, and so maybe they, they, they package something together. But as of right that second, they will not have a left tackle and they will not have a right tackle. Those are two things we know you have yeah. to have heading into a season. Well, they're getting Wiley so, back's only going to cost you, what, six, seven million right. a year? But left tackle is a massive void. You got pick 31 right now. You're going to draft your, you're going to have a rookie starting at left tackle next year. I find that hard to believe as well. So now whatever mock draft Binkley puts out just changed. If they do not have a left tackle or whatever mock draft sounder we've just played. Yeah. I mean, it changes it gold. There's no, there's no doubt. Now I've told you what my plans for left tackle would be. Cause I told you from the beginning, I was okay with the tag and trade. They have made one organizational philosophy. Very clear. There is a line we will come to on a salary. And we will not go above it, and you can't make us. Like, unless your name is what, Patrick what, Mahomes or Travis Kelsey. What percentage would you guys put on them still getting a long-term deal done by Monday's deadline? Five, I don't think it's 5%. I, I think oh, it's, it's higher than yeah, that. Yeah, I, I was, I was going to go, it's like a 35 40% chance that they get a long-term deal done on Tuesday. Oh, I would, I'd, I'd probably say like 20%. Like one, There's a 1 in 5 chance that the reason why this is leaking is because all of a sudden, they're just like, wow, he only wants this much money? Totally. Here's a long-term extension. I'm guessing, though, in, in, in the eight out of ten times that would happen, it's, okay, we are light years apart. We're never going to get a long-term and deal And they done. want this out here to find out what other teams would pay it's, him. A, a, absolutely. No, it's, it's by design, but I still don't, I don't, I don't think it's as low as 5 or 10% that it happens because I can't get over the fact what is hard. Even though I just told you I have trust in Brett Veach and I think that the plan will sort itself out, I can't get over the fact, guys, no left tackle, no right tackle. I, I just can't honestly fathom them not having a left tackle heading into free but agency based off of the free agent left tackles and the draft class. If it seems that's hard so to imagine. crazy, if it seems so crazy that you can't figure out why they would do something, they probably are. That would tell on. me that there's something 
going on that we are just not privy well, of course, to. There's a of course. A Laramie Tunsil trade, or they've already got well, their eyes fantastic. on moving you. up to get a tackle I, in the first yeah, round. I don't think it's outrageous at all to imagine that the Chiefs would go into next year with a rookie at left tackle. I see, I do. I, I, I absolutely Because do. I don't think, again, like kind of goes back to the conversation we had last week, which is I don't think that these guys – Brett Veach in particular, live in worlds of absolutes where they're just like, oh, well, we can never. It's like, well, no, I would rather risk having a left tackle who may take two, three years before he gets to the prime of his career than, you know, hemorrhage our future off this guy who we have absolutely no faith in. And if we think that this is the year to get a left tackle as opposed to next year or that drafting a left tackle right now is better than going out in free agency or franchise tagging him and trying this again next year, if you think the moment of opportunity to reset that position is now, then you do it. On the Orlando Brown Jr. side, just him, this is also great news for him. This is also a He can for, go get paid him, $200 million for, from the Bears. For him, this is great. He knows he's going to be on a long-term deal somewhere now next year. Now, there's nothing wrong with making $20 million next year on a franchise tag, but that's not what he wants. He wants a long-term deal, guys. So this is incredible news for him as well. Maybe the long-term deal is in, in Kansas City, and they work something out by Monday. We just gave our percentages, we think. But if it's not Kansas City, then he's getting a long-term deal somewhere else now. That's, that's, like, that's a fact. I'm the franchise be, tag is off the table based on these reports. I'm going to be way more bummed if he gets a long-term deal with the Chiefs than if they just let him walk. I don't want a long-term deal. I don't either. I told you what I wanted, which was play on the tag for one year. The Chiefs feel that that yeah. number is too high. But now your choices are happening. give him a long-term contract or let him walk. Now which choice do you yeah, want? Yeah, I mean, I don't – if you can ensure me that he's you're getting the maximum comp pick of around three, then, yeah, that's the path I would take. But I'll be pissed if all of a sudden we're sitting here and they get a fourth or fifth-round comp pick and that's all they got out of the deal. You see, the problem with a long-term contract with him – I was thinking about this this weekend. It kind of reminds me of, in hindsight, looking back on the Frank Clark deal where we all say, well, he was massively overpaid, but we don't really care because he showed up in the postseason and it led to two Super Bowls. So nobody's going to cry about Frank Clark making $29 million each of the last two years. The problem is that Frank Clark played a position where you could afford for him to only show up in the postseason. At left tackle, you got to give us 20 good weeks because you're protecting the quarterback. You can't just show up, quote, when it matters most, which is exactly what Orlando Brown Jr. has done each of the last two years. So like, even if it is just like a two-year guaranteed deal, right, all the funny money to make it look like a four-year deal, even if it is a short deal, I don't, I don't really want them tying so, up a lot of money with this guy. Again, if you're just joining us here, it's Cody and Gold. News across the NFL from multiple reports now that the Chiefs will not tag left tackle Orlando Brown Jr. by tomorrow afternoon's 3 o'clock franchise tag deadline. That means the Chiefs have till Monday to work on a long-term deal. Otherwise, he becomes a free agent. Nick, you alluded to the, you know, the, the gamesmanship maybe here as well. I do think it's interesting that we are still north of 24 hours away from the franchise tag deadline. Last year when they did get the franchise tag applied uh, and there was talk, that I, I can't, maybe I'm wrong, but I want to say we didn't know until an, a couple hours before. And so perhaps it is, all right, we've got you know 26 hours or so, 25 and a half hours or so until that deadline, which means we can negotiate with another team still to trade. And meaning if all of a sudden tonight, let's just throw out a hypothetical, the Minnesota Vikings, whatever, right? You know, I know we, we're, we're interested. No, we'd you like know, we, you know, we know comp picks three, but we'll give you this, that. Then there's nothing preventing them from all of a sudden tomorrow at noon saying, we're tagging you and we're trading your ass. Like that can, that can I guess it's, it's important to know that is something that could still happen while unlikely. That is still something that could happen before tomorrow's deadline. Well, because it's very different than the, the other circumstance because they're sending him to the team who is going to give him the money. It's just a matter of, like, for them, it, it must have been, part of their reasoning must have been, we need more financial flexibility than a hard number of $22.8 million. Right? That's that's too significant of a number. We can't make that work. We can't function inside of that avenue. We need way more financial flexibility than that. That's why I gave such a low number on the long-term deal. Now, maybe they're just saying, hey, look, if we can get a long-term deal worked out, awesome. That gives us all the financial flexibility in the world. Absolutely. We're good. But we're not. We can't afford the franchise tag. We're not doing that. We're not doing Gold's plan of let's just franchise him and play for the whole year because we don't like the flexibility that gives us, which is none. And we're just stuck with the roster we have. And we don't have any kind of movement in this. 
So we're not going to do that. You're either going to sign a long-term deal here in Kansas City, or we'll let you walk, and we'll take the comp pick, and we'll find somebody else who might be available. That, I mean, look, I'm not saying I'm not worried, like you're talking about left and right tackle. I would think that, like you said, the likelihood of Andrew Wiley coming back just shot through the roof. I think so. If Orlando Brown Jr. uh, is gone. I also think, just to your point about cap flexibility, I do think there's a correlation of of the, the contracts we discussed for the last two weeks of guys that we think they might try to take care of. I think that absolutely is playing a role in, in what we're discussing right this second, right? Juju Smith-Schuster and the news that they want to get a deal done with him before free agency starts and the dollar amount that that Can't might franchise require. tag him Chris, and Chris, still have the money. Chris, Chris Jones, obviously they're going to, they're going to take care of Chris Jones. Uh, maybe there's something with Snead at some point this off season. What are they going to do with Juan Thornhill? What are they going to do with Andrew Wiley? I mean, there, there, there are, there are other guys that we've talked about them taking care of. There are consequences to doing that as well. And so maybe this is where they need that flexibility in order to get those, those things accomplished. It's the biggest chunk. Yeah. Right. Is this not the biggest chunk of money you could save this year? Other than, I don't know, cutting Frank Clark saving money. Yeah. You can convert some money on the Mahomes contract, right? Free up 20 something million dollars. You can convert it. It's just money. You're straight uh, up not spending, you know? Yeah. Like however you were going to do it, because even if you, let's say 22 million this year, hard cap number for Orlando Brown jr. I'm pretty sure in the first year of extensions, you could pay for Chris Jones and Snead for that amount of money in just what it would cost you the first year. Yeah, a couple point of cl- just to clarify, because I see multiple people have been asking on the text line, 913-586-7610. They're saying, so are they not going to tag anybody this year? Could they tag Jones? Jones's deal's not up, so the franchise tag is not even in play for Chris Jones. He's nope. going to play out the final year, which he won't, or they're going to get a new deal done. But yeah, the franchise tag has no bearing on Chris Jones whatsoever. I don't think they're going to franchise tag anybody, right? Why would, who else? Honestly, who else? Well, again, Snead's got a year left in his the, the, deal. The franchise so. tag dollar values don't make sense to really tag uh, any of these yeah, other Yeah, like Juju Smith-Schuster, you would do it. The, the price would be far too Wide receiver value high. is $19.7 million. Yes. <laughs> they're, not, they're not paying him yes. $19.7 oh. Otherwise, they're back in the same same boat. That's the same. Why yeah. wouldn't you just franchise tag twenty two point eight for Orlando Brown Jr.? So, no, the franchise tag, if it's not Orlando Brown Jr., there'd be no tag. Isn't it? Isn't it kind of exciting when... Brett Veach does something unexpected. He's got a plan, and we don't know what it's it is. Like, uh, so he's at it again, boys. Go ahead and put out that gif of him slowly walking out the front door at Arrowhead and putting the sunglasses on. Go ahead and do that because he's working on something. He's got. He's making moves. Either he's working on or, something. Either that or they've already got an extension done, which would actually be the <laughs> most anticlimactic conclusion from this news. From it, a sports radio perspective, yes. Over the next five days, they just give Orlando Brown Jr. a contract to be like, oh. what I, I just think won't be the most – the most interesting and the, the the most entertaining thing would be in the next 24 hours if actually after this report comes out they make a trade for a left they tackle actually they end up tagging him and trading him like at the last second because there's a team that's like no we'll go, we we don't want to have to negotiate during free agency we just want we want him right now and we're just gonna, but I, like but in that case you have to pre-negotiate with Orlando Brown Jr. because you have happens. to know the that number happens. he will accept that happens for other teams that's other teams' problem at that point. This is tough because they're gonna have a week to work out this thing and they'll get a third round pick which is. Worse than what they would get if they traded him straight up, if they had the rights, but not way worse. Because right now, we've talked about this. What do you think the compensation would be if they had tagged and trade Orlando Brown Jr.? The answer is a second, right? I think so. You're not just getting a first back in return. He's a few years older. He is proven he can play left tackle on the NFL level, but there's a bunch of teams that still aren't. Yeah, but a bunch of teams still aren't going to think that. And yeah, you still have to give him the contract. By the way, the whole Orlando Brown Jr., if he walks, we're good with the deal, right? They gave him a first round pick for a Super Bowl. Oh, but got a problem. The, the, the trade from a couple. Well, years because ago? like we're talking yeah. about in Veach, we trust. They traded a first round pick for a player they only got for two years. That's it. They traded a first round pick away for a player that only will, if if he right. if he walks, the will have only played for them for two years. Uh, and if they hadn't won the Super Bowl, I would be far they, more critical. They, of that decision making, they, they got a Super Bowl first and foremost, and then also they get a third round. They back. get a third round back, and we know with some of the picks involved in that trade, they ended up with a guy that we kind of like on this show too. Oh, and that's the it? and that's the sunk like that's what we talk about. We talk about it a lot in baseball sunk cost fallacy. Yeah, the idea yeah. that well, you paid up for this guy, so you better play him. I was like, well, if he sucks, I don't have to. I don't have to, and I'm not getting like a return on that dollar every time he takes a snap, <laughs> especially when he's not that good. Like you don't all of a sudden. The trade, in hindsight, doesn't become better if you give him a long-term extension. He's the sure. same player no matter what. No, but to me, they got their value out of the Orlando Brown deal. For sure. And you tried it, and it worked to an extent. Nobody regrets it. 
But that doesn't mean that now you have to sign him up to a long-term extension just because you gave up a first-round pick for him two years ago. No. And I like, honestly, that is the better way to do business. Not feel like you're, you owe him something. Not giving contracts to guys who don't deserve them. Well, just, just the general idea of we do have cost here. We've given up a first round pick. That is a valuable asset. Should we be thinking about paying them? And you're like, no, it's fine. Because you're right. They didn't just give up a first round pick. They got a second round pick back in return. So really what they did was they traded down gold like 30 spots. They took an all pro center with that pick and they'll get a third round pick back in return. So they will have lost some value versus what they gave up, especially when you consider positional value, but not that much. And they got a Super Bowl. Like, really, they came out pretty good here. Like, I think a lot of people just want to say, oh, a first-round pick, and that's it. And I worry about the offensive line in any given year because they just solved this problem. They did. They had a top-five offensive line, and it was cool. It was fun. It led to a Super Bowl win. It was great that Mahomes was barely sacked and touched for a big majority this year. But we also understood that Orlando Brown Jr. had problems. He was their biggest. He was their biggest liability the entire year, wasn't he? At the most important position, he was their biggest liability. Um, yeah, on the offensive line. Yes. Yeah, Wiley at times, but the expectations are different. It's a right tackle. Yeah, but I even think considering if you just take expectations out, Wiley was less of a liability on a down-to-down snap than Orlando Brown Jr. was. Now, way, he might be taking on bigger pass awfully, rushers. I think that's awfully tough. Um, I would say that the spotlight has always been on Orlando, understandably so, but naturally people have also made their mind up on Orlando Brown Jr. last offseason. So anytime he messed up, just I think we as humans, we naturally focus like it's just more noticeable. Like you you have something in your mind, and so like anytime he messes up, it's gonna stand out more to you than Wiley messes up. So guys, by the way, every Monday, Peter King does the football morning in America yeah. column. And he actually wrote today. Earlier this morning, he was talking about free agency, and he was talking about how lackluster free agency is going to be. And he said, uh, assuming Lamar Jackson and Daniel Jones are the franchise are signed, it's going to be a lean year for unrestricted players without contracts. Philadelphia defensive tackle Javon Hargrave and cornerback James Bradbury tackles Orlando Brown Jr. Mike McGlinchey will be some of the sought-after ones in the early hours of the market. So this morning, in <laughs> perhaps the most read column in Football certainly by Peter King sort of dropped this dropped this little Easter egg that Orlando Brown Jr. was going to hit the open market. He didn't outright say it. He just sort of mentioned his name. And now all of a sudden we have the news that he's not getting tagged kind of makes you wonder if this has been in the works even before. Orlando uh, Brown Jr. met with Brett. But as you pointed okay. out, McGlitchy would get like 15 to $17 million a year. last year, by the way. I think people act like this guy was amazing last year. No, he but he's, he's largely graded out as one of the better right tackles yeah, overall. He, he I understand. Last year. But I'm just like, you could, but then what's the price? It's always the same thing. It's like you're taking the how much worse do I get for what dollar amount and the financial flexibility yeah. gives me now. A little more details from Albert Breer just in the last couple of minutes. He just tweeted out. He said, uh, of course, Albert Breer of NFL Network said Chief's decision, or SI now, sorry, Chief's decision to not tag Orlando Brown came down to he's told their desire to lock in a long-term left tackle this offseason. Tagging Brown doesn't do it. Basically guarantee, as we said, he'd be free in 24, make it harder to do a deal. They're looking at all options. So, again, but if Orlando Brown Jr. isn't the long-term uh, left tackle. Oh, uh, long-term left yeah, tackle. Like not- free Free agent left tackles, really, there's not any true option there. That means, are there is there a, is there a trade that they're going to go make for, are they going to do what they just did with Orlando Brown Jr., Cody? You, you mentioned it. Two years of Orlando Brown Jr., they trade with Baltimore. Is there another team that has a left tackle or somebody they believe can be a left tackle? Otherwise, exactly. Hey, real quick, real quick. The yeah, end of that yeah, tweet yeah. by Albert Breer, he says, because of the $20 million number now, which means the that the Chiefs are literally saying, we're not paying Orlando Brown Jr. $20 million this year. Yeah, and and they need the flex. These were the other names we rattled off. Like I think they, to me, it bodes well if you're a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster. To me, about him coming back because I think some of that money that they need on, uh, available is going to go towards him. Obviously, Juju. you know Chris Jones, yeah. depending how it's structured. We mentioned how there's some restructures of uh, Joe Tooney that could help them with cap space. Uh, they can convert some money on the Patrick Mahomes deal, but uh, we'll of course talk plenty more about this tomorrow on the show. I know the drive will, will have you guys covered this afternoon. As well, as well, but I think it's important to note uh, the depending on what the Chiefs do in free agency as well will dictate if they let Orlando Brown Jr. walk. It's not a guarantee they even get a third for for Orlando Brown Jr. walking. If the Chiefs go and spend X amount of money in free agency on certain players, that that third round comp pick could become a fourth or a fifth round comp pick for Orlando Brown Jr. It's Which not is a why guarantee. if you trade for a left tackle, then you're not in the yeah. free agency market. You're just extending your player. Yes. Which completely changes the math on it. But yeah, Juju Smith Schuster's a free agent, so that's going to count against you. These guys are free agents that some of them you're going to pay, but you would still think 
based on the amount of money Orlando Brown Jr. would likely get in the free agency market, you'd get a pretty high-valued compact. Third is the best you can yeah. do. That's all. Brett Veach didn't come to this conclusion of setting it up this way without having, much like a couple years ago, when they didn't get Trent Williams, everybody freaked out. Oh, my gosh. Number one guy's off the board. They pivoted the plan B or C. That plan, that go-around was Orlando Brown Jr., what is plan A now? This is part of plan A, by the way. Yeah. This is part of plan A, not signing into a, on a franchise tag. So what does the rest of plan A look like? I think we're all going to learn that together over the next 24 and really next five days heading into the NFL league year. We're back at it tomorrow here on Cody and Gold. The Drive with CDOT coming up next. She serves them whiskey and wine. They'll say the same brand You're a fine girl. To the end zone. Cody and Gold brought to you by Gant Asphalt and Concrete for asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.